You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Justin C. Gleason, bringing you the message of God, Bible, and Church in the year of our Lord, 2021. Please subscribe, become a loyal listener, give a great review and rating, and share this episode with your friends. Reference the episode notes for my contact and social media information. Podcasting is the future. Just let go. Linda Poitras joins us now. She is a writer and a podcaster. She is the author of the titles Because, a Youth Bible Study and Disasters Minister. Get your copies at Pentecostal Publishing and Amazon. Be sure to check out her awesome blog on her website, BelindaNicity.com, and other resources. She is the host of the He Said, She Said podcast, a show that I am very fond of. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Her writings and spoken word are very literary, personable, and relatable. She shares ideas and experiences about love, pain, spiritual ascent, and other very deep subjects that will minister to your life and most importantly, make you want to get up and run. Scroll down, check out the episode notes for all the details. Hello, Sister Melinda. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I've actually uh, been wanting to talk to you for a long time. You uh, have great things to say. And uh, you and I both began podcast in 2020, and you're on the east side of Missouri. I'm on the west side, and you and me are holding this district together, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for uh, your time tonight. And you're, you're an artist. You know, I when I read things you've written and listen to things you've said, it's I, I sometimes will get a question mark. Sometimes I'll get an exclamation point, but there's always a deeper meaning in everything you say. And that's what content creators do and artists. Uh, what is the the meaning behind your podcast name? He said, she said. Well, good question. I think a lot about being a woman in ministry or even being a woman in the world today. And I just think that there's a lot of when I was thinking about starting a podcast, there's just a lot of like, I am woman, hear me roar. And the Lord made us male and female. I have male and female friends and I love it when everybody works together in unity. So when I started the podcast, I didn't want it to just be, you know, this feminine standpoint and voice all the time. I wanted both sides of the equation um, down to my producer is male um, the cover art was done by one of my friends, Mike Henson. I didn't even tell him really what I wanted. I just told him the concept of the idea that I had had for the podcast in general. I didn't know what I wanted for art. And he just came up with the art that um, you Shout see. out to Mike. It's great cover art. Yes, I love it so much. Um, and he was really inside my head because I didn't even tell him what I wanted. And he just produced it. So I just wanted both of those 
perspectives, like a variety of perspectives and just the idea that we're all working together in unity for the kingdom of God, which is not something that I see um, really focused on, especially like from single females. So I think that was the idea behind that. I wanted not just my perspective or the female perspective. I wanted to feature um, varied points of view, especially from the opposite sex. That's very catchy. And everything you're talking about there, yeah, this is a God Bible in church podcast. And some people might be thinking, what, what does that have to do with it? Well, everything you just said, sure, it may not happen on the platform and it may not happen in the altar call, but you better believe it. It happens uh, after church when people are talking mm-hmm. and in afterburners and things like that and, and uh, creating conversation and establishing good friendships because yeah, people want to go to a friendly church, but really they want to go to a church where they have friends. Right. And podcasting has become a safe place for people really to learn, you know, kind of how, how do I want to say it? It's a place for guys to learn how a girl thinks right. and for girls to learn how a guy thinks. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this, Sister Melinda, are you the type of girl that if you see maybe an awkward guy across the room at a youth event, you have no problem going up and talking to him to make him feel welcome? You that way? How did you know? Yes. I, yes you're just I that way. And I thank God for girls like you, because it was girls like you that saved my life, to be mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Guys have a hard time talking to, well, to anybody in general, but especially girls for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm glad that you <laughs> have that gift <laughs> to kind of open up and uh, help somebody not feel so awkward. Why, why is it so awkward these days for guys to talk to girls? I don't understand <laughs> that. I don't know, but it is. I think maybe there are so many things to hide behind, like Instagram and the DMs, and um, and then like I just feel like everybody jumps to conclusions really quickly. So I think there's a lot of worry about what will people think of me if I'm seen approaching a woman. You know, it's just all it's just all kind of interesting. I think the dynamics are kind of shifting. Um, yeah. Well, the feminine spirit is kind of intimidating for a guy, right? Mm-hmm, right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, unknown and, uh, at times really mysterious, but, uh, we thank thank the Lord for girls that just know how to bring it all together and create a great, healthy and social environment where, you know, there is no such thing as a stupid question. There's only dumb answers, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so that's really awesome. Well, your podcast uh, certainly does that. And your, your subtitle is the one with books and bros. Yeah. So I like that. I take that. It just, it's pretty plain right there. You talk about books and you Mm -hmm. talk about books with guys from time to time. Yes. Awesome. You've done some great work. Uh, You had some of your other guests about uh, being single and not just so much about being single and yay, let's be single. And it's just wonderful, you know, something to, to celebrate, but really you, you approach it as being single as an opportunity to prepare yourself for marriage, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, taught on there that you recommend something you practice, your friends do, something you recommend is to pray for a future spouse. Mm-hmm. And this is this idea is something that you and I really started talking about. And I've it's one of my hot topics right now, marriage, how God brought my wife and I together. It was supernatural. Mm-hmm. And it was really prophetic, but you, you believe that single people, if they want to get married, they should ask God for a spouse. 
Right. It's like, don't do it on your own. You ask God for a spouse, right? How does, what does that prayer sound like? Okay. I think I should rewind just a little bit and say that this is not something that I practiced my whole life. I was actually very against it. I don't know why. <laughs> I Maybe it felt, maybe it felt needy to me. You know, like, oh, Lord, please. Yeah, let's not bring our needs to the Lord, especially yes, not a future spouse. <laughs> exactly. Let's, and that's finally what got me. The just, the tone that is encapsulated in this beautiful sarcasm <laughs> that you've just spoken. Just, mm. I prayed about everything else. You know, I prayed about my job and my family and my relationships with my friends. And the Lord would use me and that he would help me to build his kingdom. And why on earth would I not pray for what might be the, one of the most important decisions I would ever make? in my life, what could make me more effective or in essence, less effective in the kingdom. So I just kind of began bringing that before the Lord. And I don't know, I guess, I guess that prayer looks like everything else, except that it's about a spouse instead of my finances or a job or what I'm supposed to preach on the weekend. Yeah, it's what I started doing. And lo and behold, it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, you can try to do so many things on your own, try to do it your way. Maybe some of us are just afraid that we ask God for something. He'll give us something we never thought we wanted, <laughs> but in all actuality, God knows what's best, right? That's true. That's very true. You know, do you agree? Uh, some things I've said, do you agree with this statement? If you date in the will of God, you'll marry in the will of God. Yes, I do yeah. agree with that. One good decision leads to another good decision. Correct. You think if marriage is for adults, dating should be for adults? Ooh, this is a good question. In a perfect world, yes. In a perfect world, yes. Like the one-on-one, we're going out, we're spending time alone together dating, I definitely think should be for adults. Yes. I'm with you on that. You know, so what are we doing at 16? This is just my opinion. That's true. But nowadays, just to see, you know, a guy and girl be interested in each other, it's like, let's celebrate that. Praise the Lord. You know, with the culture that we're in. (laughs) So true. And yeah, one of our youth workers a few months ago come up to me and he said, you will not believe what happened during church. And here I am thinking he's going to talk about people getting the Holy Ghost, getting healed. And he said, you know, that couple that's been dating that got engaged. I said, yeah, he said the entire service, they were sitting in the back on the couch with their arms around each other. He, mm. It was like, he was saying, you've got to put a stop to that now. And I said, <laughs> you have no idea what that guy went through just to even get a date with her. We're not stopping love. Okay. Exactly. Don't you say a word. Amen. <laughs> so, hey, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. You did, uh, you did a piece that I, this past uh, late last summer, that something that I never did personally, and I don't know if I've ever heard anybody talk about it. You said not only pray to God for a spouse, but actually pray for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Like pray, not that they be brought to you so much, but just pray for their life and bless them. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. some deep stuff. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. I think it was the podcast with Cynthia Cummings. One of the ones with Cynthia Cummings on singleness, where I talk about this, where I talk about how it says, Um, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and about not becoming a wife or developing the qualities that a wife should have, you know, on the day of your wedding, but how there are certain things that you should be doing and practicing already. And so if I believe that my husband exists and I believe 
that I am doing my best to cultivate my own character and be a wife already. Why on earth would I not, why would I not pray for him? Mm. I'm going to have to start that eventually. Why would I not start now? You know? Yeah. That's prophetic. I, Mm -hmm. I like that. That's prophetic. That's type of prayers that generate true faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God knows everything about our lives. He knows who we're going to marry. And I think God certainly does answer that prayer. And uh, it's, I think it's good if you're, because you, know, you should, you know, I pray for my wife and she prays for me. And I, th- I think if we're going to be doing that while we're married, might as well start while we're dating, of course, and even before we meet. So I think that's, that's a really good thing for us to implement in our prayer times. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that question a lot from people, you know, what do I pray about? <laughs> and I, I'm going to start saying, if they're single, why don't you pray for a husband? Yeah. Probably pray an hour about that, right? <laughs> why don't you, that'll get you praying. Travail. Yes. <laughs> Tra- travail. Hey, I know about that. I did. I certainly did. Amen. And God answers that prayer. Uh, you recently told a, a phenomenal story uh, of a miracle, a supernatural thing happened. Uh, at your local church, you were on the platform. I'm assuming you were praising in for the altar call or something. And yes, a friend sir. of yours, mm-hmm. her and her husband were having difficulty conceiving. Yes, which which is very common nowadays. It's just an, an issue that's developed in our culture, and, and every baby's a prayer baby. And and we're expecting mm-hmm. baby number three right now. And I have horrible subconscious stress. Like I wake up in the middle of the night, every night grinding my teeth. And I don't know why it was that way with our first two children, but uh, bringing children in the, into the world is stressful. And I, you know, the pain and complications of your friend there, but a miracle happened. Can you tell us about it? Yes. So um, Sarah attends New Life St. Louis with me. She's also on the praise team. And she, um, after they started trying to get pregnant, she had been given a one to 3% chance actually of conceiving a baby naturally due to polycystic ovary over <laughs> it would help if I could pronounce where it's ovary syndrome. And so they tried for four years and then in 2016, it was prophesied over them that they would become pregnant and they did. But two months later she miscarried. So that was a season. I have a permission to tell this. I'm literally reading a text. Um, it was a season of, a lot of bitterness and jealousy that she struggled with. And um, also, you know, your faith gets tried in a time like that, um, especially when you've been prophesied over and you think you're getting exactly what you wanted and then you don't. And throughout that time, I would always say that I was going to sing her baby to sleep. Like I would always remind her of this, that this is um, the promise that I was making to her because of the promise that she had received from God. and. Um, finally in 2018, when I had given, I had given up asking about it and she came to pick me up for something. And sometimes I'll read over things to my friends and she just handed me a folder and she said, will you look over this for me? And I opened the folder and it was, uh, the, what do you call that? The sonogram ultrasound picture. Of yeah. The baby. Yeah. And so um, that was two weeks after we had been on the platform and I had felt to dance like it had already happened and it had already happened. We just didn't know it. And so her baby was born in December in 2018 and he is beautiful and vibrant and very active, but I still do sing him to sleep. 
Oh, sweet baby. Wow. Well, there's no way that's a coincidence. Mm-mm. You know, you have the prophetic word and the confirming right. word and then the prayer, you know, at the right moment at the right time. And you know, God is never a procrastinator. He's never late. It's always designed right at the right moment. So we can say this was God. There's no way the timing of it. There's no way it could have been a coincidence. Mm-hmm. That is a very special. And we believe in those miracles yes. that happened today. Uh, you seem to be really good with kids. You like kids. You're in, are you a nanny? I hear you. Uh, I sometimes. am a teacher currently. I was a nanny uh, prior to this. And now I teach fifth grade at New Life Academy. So. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. We sometimes have, have the kids on the podcast. I, like you'll be at the playground <laughs> and, the, and yeah. the kids are going up and down the slide. Yes. That just is the one, just the one time. I don't know that that was the right creative choice, but yes. Oh, it's cool. Well, th- th- this is a perfect example of he said, she said, girls can do that stuff. Mm. I don't know how my wife does it. She can be on the phone, cooking dinner, washing dishes and taking care of the kids. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're so compartmentalized. <laughs> I can hardly do that, but uh, I love it when you do that. I think that's so funny. It just brings life, you know, mm-hmm. to my earphones and uh, children are a blessing. Uh, they're, they're precious. Absolutely. You, um, you're, you're passionate about, well, obviously nanny work and children, fifth grade, but you, you wrote a book, took the time to write a phenomenal book was because a youth Bible study that was published last year, right? Um, it may have been two years ago now, two years ago. Okay. Recently, yes. recently. And it's, uh, it's called because, and it's taken mm-hmm. from the idea of kids that grow up in church and they ask questions why we believe in what we believe in. And the parents are saying, because I said so. Right. And exactly. uh, I know you know about this. And I'm sure you know that I know about this because we're both preachers kids, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I know about that. And uh, it's, a, it's a great book. I think it uh, really speaks to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be somebody out there that grew up in church, backslid, you're listening to this and you're trying to get back to back to the Lord. You really need to discover faith on your own. This would be a great book for you to, to get. But mm-hmm. uh, can you tell us about in your in your book, just how, do, how does somebody discover that? You know, you can only go on your parents faith for so long. How do you discover that? How do you get your own revelations and your your own convictions? And what are the key factors uh, to doing that? If you could just share your ideas on that and maybe a personal or somebody else's experience. Well, I'll tell you what happened for me. I, when I was a teenager, I just really struggled with a lot of the things um, as far as standards go and why we do what we do. And I have a very matter of fact, biblically sound, beautiful Southern mother um, who loved, who loved to say, because I said so um, just so (laughs) definitively. (laughs) And um, at the time that I really had uh, my breakthrough about all of these things, I had accidentally, I had magenta hair, but I had like, it was accidentally like partially pink because there was the great, I have a gray streak in my hair and I just didn't realize like what it would do. Um, So I (laughs) was just taking my big stand, you know, like this is what I'm doing. I'm just walking around with pink hair. I was so big and bad. Um, and my parents were really good about, obviously there are solid biblical principles that we build these tenets of our faith on. And so they were very good about communicating those, but more than that, 
they were amazing at cultivating a love of God. And so it was during that time, during the time of my greatest struggle and wrestling with why these things matter so much that I really, I don't know how or why, just really fell in love with the Lord and his word. Mm. And when I fell in love with the Lord and his word, that question, like, why is this such a big deal, got flipped on its head. And I was like, well, why is it such a big deal? Like, if I love the Lord, is it any bother for me to dress the way he wants me to dress and wash the things he wants me to watch and listen to the things, only the things that he would like me to listen to? And from that love of the Lord came that love of his word. And from that love of his word was birth the understanding of the principles found in it. And so I think that it starts there. It starts with love and then grows into understanding, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it does. Love is powerful. And when you feel God's love, you love him back. You just naturally, it's very easy to start changing everything from the inside Mm -hmm. out. And especially teenagers leaving childhood to become a teenager is tough. Mm -hmm. And then leaving teens to become an adult, uh, even harder. And you got to discover God all on your own. And the best way to do it is when you're alone, you know, learning Mm -hmm. to pray when nobody else is looking. Right. Learning to uh, hear from the Lord, you know, when nobody else is around. So that's, uh, that is very key to developing a relationship with the Lord and to remain, remain dedicated. It's love. Mm-hmm. You also uh, co-authored a book called Disasters yeah. Minister. <laughs> right. You know, when I see the word minister, I think of a lot of things. I think of faith. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think of like the story you just just told of uh, the birth of, of the baby, the miraculous birth of that baby from your friend. I think mm-hmm. of faith. I think of hope. I think of love. I think of uh, spiritual gifts. The word that doesn't come to my mind, to be honest with you, is disaster. <laughs> but you bring disaster into the ideas of power mm-hmm. uh, in this book. Can you talk about that? Yes. So I co-wrote this book with missionary Lynn Jewett. It's my favorite thing I've done. It was such an honor to get to do it. And it's really her life and her stories. And she is just so wonderful. And she gets into the most ridiculous predicaments. And some of them are funny and some of them were not so funny. Um, But she came up with the title because I think sometimes she could look at her own life and view herself as a walking disaster. But the best part of it is that the Lord meets her in every single chapter of her story, um, he comes through with the miraculous and then he uses her experiences to change someone else's life. And I think that the idea of disasters ministering kind of comes from second Corinthians one, four, when it talks about the Lord who comforts us in all our tribulations so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble by the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. And so when she says disasters minister, it's just a reference to, the way the Lord worked every part of her story for his glory and has used her life to minister to others. Wow. Mm. That's beautiful. You know, our disasters, we we want to just keep them to ourselves at best yet, maybe write them in a journal and tuck it away. So that book never sees the light of day, Mm -hmm. but 
pain ministers. Yes. Uh, if as if not as powerful as love, uh, pain mm-hmm. ministers, and it's because I think the Lord, the Lord's pain ministers, sure. the pain of rejection, the pain of re- betrayal, the pain of death, uh, the pain of having to spend three nights down in hell so you and I wouldn't have to go there. Right. You know, pain ministers, and I think it's great to open up uh, about pain. So yeah, this is a this is a phenomenal book. Uh, can you give us a little teaser on what you think you might be writing about or podcasting about in the future? What are some ideas that, uh, God's been talking to you about? Hmm. Well, I am currently in Branson, um, working on what maybe is going to be a book. You're in Branson work in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the first time I heard of that. <laughs> exactly. We're really I'd trying. I'll be, be down there at uh, what do you what do you call that Dolly Stampede? <laughs> Having a good time. Stampede. I did eat some chicken today, so I feel like yummy. I feel like it's working out. Um, but what I'm kind of working with right now is a shorter book, um, to be released around Christmas time, if all goes well and the Lord blesses it, and it's about a Christmas story but it's about Tamar from Genesis 38. Mm. So yes, kind of a twisted tale of Christmas. We'll see. Wow. We'll see it turns out. I, lo- I like it. I like character studies mm-hmm. in the Bible. That really mm-hmm. helps identify with somebody's life. Well, good. I'll be looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So you say it's coming out around Christmas, huh? Yes. I guess if I say it, if I speak it into existence on this podcast, then probably it will happen. So yes, yes that is happen. the plan. That is the current plan. We believe in that around here. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question. You're totally mm-hmm. into Halloween, aren't you? Oh, yes, very much so. Just very much so. Well, my daughter is a fan of Sleeping Beauty. Mm. And I was scrolling through social media the <laughs> other day and saw you were Maleficent. Yes. And she saw that and you're like my daughter's new favorite hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah. makes me so happy. I didn't know that this was going to be what would, you know, make me a hero <laughs> in the eyes of a child, but good. I accept it. Oh, you know, when she's going to be getting older, she's going to be reading stuff like because and disasters minister and your, mm-hmm. and your work on Tamar, things like that. So awesome. There you have it, listeners. Sister Melinda Poitras. And scream out loud with the